Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. Okay, so we're going to do another thing. You ready? We're all running. Okay, one, two, three. Nice. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. It was kind of quiet, but that was good. Okay, so uh, welcome to the Content Magazine podcast. I'm Daniel Garcia, the cultivator of Content Magazine, and we are here today with Athena Crosby, and she is a spokesperson for CineQuest, a model, an actress, a journalist. What else do you, an, an ex-soccer player <laughs> for 10 yes, minutes? I do yodeling. Yodeling, no, oh, <laughs> but alto sax? Alto saxophone. Do you, play? Do you play. still play, or do you still mess around with music a little bit, or...? Here and there, yeah. although that's a hard, you know, that's a hard one to keep up. Yeah. Live instruments yeah. are hard, right? In your apartment, you're like trying to play a live instrument. Right, and the your neighbors, neighbors are like, quiet down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. So now you grew up here in San Jose, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And when did you kind of like find that you wanted to get into acting and modeling? When did that, how did that come about? I found out very early on that I was an artist. I think... One turning point for me was when I was a little kid, my parents put me in different kinds of sports. Mm -hmm. And I have this vivid memory of playing little kids soccer. And I was so upset because the other kids kept running over this beautiful field of daisies and dandelions on the field. And I was so upset. And I turned to my mom and I was like, Mom, we need to stop these kids from running over these flowers. <laughs> and then she turned to my dad and goes, okay. This is not for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole sports thing was a flop. But that's the catalyst for what introduced me to the entertainment industry because my parents realized I was more creative, more visually inclined. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was kind of when I began was around seven or eight years old. Yeah. Were you doing this at, like my daughter – she did musical theater and she does theater now, even stuff like that. So when she was, I mean, she would grab the broomstick and she would sing and dad record me, watch this. Did you do that yes. kind of stuff? Are there like home videos and <laughs> of you singing uh, some right. songs? Show tunes. Yeah, show tunes. Uh, there ought to be. I don't know <laughs> if I've seen one in a while, but I think, yeah, my parents could tell that I was very creative. I always wanted to be in front of the camera. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because I have an older brother who was always grabbing that recorder from my oh, parents. He was yeah. always behind the camera, and yeah. I wanted to be in front of it. Yeah. They kind of found out early on what, what we were like yeah. and what we wanted to be. <laughs> but I did do musical theater growing up. I yeah. did do school plays. Yeah. I was in several plays in middle school and high school. As a young kid, though, I definitely did not have my skills sharpened. They always cast me in the <laughs> ensemble and in the background. Yeah. One of my most embarrassing stories is probably being cast as a dancing cornstalk right. in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat where they're like in the dream scene. So we have the full and he's costume. In the <laughs> yeah. We're in the background and we're the dancing corn. Yeah. Yeah, I was a dancing corn. So I think I've, I've come a long way. Yeah. Dancing corn. <laughs> From yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah. So then, yeah, how does that feel then growing up and then you're trying out for parts and then you want to be, I'm sure you want to be like the main character, right? right. The, the star. <laughs> be. And then you're a corn. So how did you how do you deal with that kind of like and even now in your career going to to different auditions and stuff like that what do you do to kind of like brace yourself for those kind of setbacks and stuff Well I think starting as early as I did really well prepared me to face rejection and face no's mm -hmm. Starting in the entertainment industry as a kid I think I was used to it not being chosen or not being picked or hearing no 
And there are even instances where a lot of people who've been in the entertainment industry can attest to that you hear no right to your face. Right. They yeah. go, mm, no. no, you're not You're not the one next. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty difficult. Yeah. But I'm grateful that I've had that experience because it has made being an adult and being in the workforce a lot easier. Yeah. Anytime I get a no for a job or, you know, a relationship I'm in doesn't work out, it pales in comparison to being told no to your face. Yeah. So I think it put a lot of things into perspective for me. Yeah, yeah. Seems like that would you definitely have to have tough skin in order to deal with that on a regular basis. Oh, absolutely. Basis. Yeah. And I think nothing is personal, too. That's kind of yeah. one of my mottos in life is mm. it's never personal. Yeah. If you hear a no, that's okay. It's yeah. somebody else's opportunity. One day it will be your opportunity. Yeah. And sometimes it's not no forever. It's just not yet. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. It's so amazing, too, just that, you know, you might, let's say it's casting for a part. You have something, the the writer and the director might have something in mind, and they don't necessarily know it, and they read different people, and then there's that one person where it just kind of clicks, right, where Absolutely. something comes together, right? So, yeah, you have to kind of, like, be prepared. So, well, I just wasn't quite for yeah, this particular role. Yeah, I wasn't the one role. for this, and yeah. that's okay. Because there will be times, like I said, when you are and you feel that, sweet success yeah. but you also have to learn to cheer and clap for other people too yeah so then i guess um was there something i mean you'd have to so if you kept getting no 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 no's then what was some of the um yeses that you got along the way that kind of like oh can keep you the hope to continue like do you remember any of those kind of important times well not to talk about it right away but okay. one of my biggest yeses was cinequest mm. I remember as a teenager looking for an outlet to express myself creatively, and I had heard about this summer camp yeah. called Picture the Possibilities mm -hmm. that was catered to high school-aged kids, and it was all about teaching them how to write a script, how to pick up a camera, record yeah. something and put it into a movie, and I was really intrigued by that. So my older brother and I signed up, and it was put on by Cinequest, and that yeah. was sort of my first introduction to the organization and I remember through that summer camp meeting everybody involved sort of developing friendships with them yeah. and then all through the years they've used me as a spokesperson for the festival yeah I've been able to be in a couple of short films that they've put on yeah it really became a family for me and so Cinequest was one of those first yeses that I got that yeah. helped me figure out that I wanted to do this professionally yeah that's good. So when you were doing Picture of the Possibilities, were you mainly acting or were you helping kind of write? And what was the, what, what were you, your kind of so, entry into it? Yes. In the summer camp, they have kids doing everything. Mm -hmm. They take you, you know, into a room and brainstorm about scripts that you could write or yeah. ask you what personal life stories have you always wanted to tell? How would you make that into a film? Yeah. They get you behind the camera. They have you seeing, you know, what buttons to press and yeah. the guy holding the boom and yeah. everything that goes into making a film. Yeah. So a little bit of everything. But I always knew that I wanted to be in front of the camera. Yeah, that yeah. was really where I felt like I shined. Yeah. Um, I love playing myself versus characters, okay. but I also like acting and playing characters. Yeah. I think that's what made me pivot to doing entertainment journalism right. was I could be in front of the camera entertaining an audience, but also be Athena at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Cinequest, I owe a lot of that discovery to. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. So then when you're doing um, kind of like interviews, live interviews and television and all that kind of stuff, do you, are you using a teleprompter or anything like that? Or a lot of times it's kind of like a script and you're because I know you do like red carpet interviews, but have you ever done like the teleprompter 
news type thing or right um, i get that question a lot yeah. actually because not everyone knows the difference between traditional broadcast journalism and entertainment journalism yeah i have used teleprompters before yeah that's usually when we're in the studio right. um and it's like a controlled environment yeah but at, on the as, field yeah as an entertainment journalist on the red carpet yeah. you're thinking on the fly yeah you can come up with some questions in your head ahead of time but you might not even remember those by the time the celebrity comes around yeah so it's really a lot of on the spot thinking yeah but i find it really exhilarating and it's very challenging too so that keeps me like mentally stimulated yeah 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 that's cool <laughs> is there anybody who have you um, interviewed that you were so far that you've been like oh my gosh that was you were you cool. were, you was, you were you, it was like super cool to meet them and maybe so this is like someone that you met you're like oh my gosh like you were kind of fan struck and then the other one would be where you felt like oh man I really nailed that so let's do two little interview questions well you know as I've said being in the entertainment industry as early as I did I think that sort of numbed me to a lot hmm. of the starstruck sure feelings okay. so there hasn't been a celebrity that I've interviewed where I felt really starstruck by them okay. that being said there have been a lot of really cool ones yeah where my friends or family are really like, like, excited you... for example one of the first interviews I ever did with a celebrity was through Cinequest where I got to interview James Franco oh cool uh, on a young discussion panel yeah I've also had the chance to interview bands like Imagine Dragons mm -hmm. Um, I interviewed Vivica Fox the other day. She's got a movie that's at the festival this year. Um, Patricia Arquette, David Arquette, different Oscar winners. Yeah. So a lot of big names, but you know what? And you didn't feel a little nervous of like, oh my gosh, they're this. No, because it's my job. If yeah. it were a different circumstance, like yeah. I saw them at the grocery store maybe, <laughs> yeah. then I could fangirl. But yeah. you know, you can't do that totally. when uh, you're representing yeah. a brand, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So. I was very excited nonetheless. Right. One person that I know I would fangirl over, if I ever get the chance to interview him, he's like one of my dream interviews, is Guy Fieri. Oh, okay. From the Food Network. Yeah, yeah. He's just so weird. I just, I really want to meet him. <laughs> Guy yeah. Fieri, if you're watching yeah, this. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me. Are you, uh, are you into <laughs> cooking too? Are you, a, is that yes, some other thing? I love to cook. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I don't know if I'm that good, but I love okay. to do it. And What's your, your go-to dish that you make? Well, being half Venezuelan, we make a lot of arepas in my house. Okay. It's a traditional Venezuelan food, kind of like a tortilla mixed with an empanada kind of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, that would be one of my favorites. It's something I grew up eating mm. a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to think that maybe if I put more time and effort into it, I could become like a Guy Fieri. So that's why I need to talk to him. Yeah, that's right. So I can get his advice. Yeah, you need your own to... kind of like cooking show yes. with stuff like that. Mixing, that's what I'm saying. Bring San Jose, Venezuelan saying. food, right? <laughs> like kind of like that would be kind of fun. It needs yeah. to happen. I'm manifesting it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good. So yeah, and you grew up here in San Jose, right? Yes. So what, like what high school did you go to and stuff? Did you... So I went to Leland High School. Leland, okay. Yes, yeah. And so were you in, in plays there and stuff like that in their theater group? or A little bit. Yeah. I was. I did do um, a couple of plays and musicals at Leland. Again, I was always in the ensemble, never the star. <laughs> but that's okay. You have to eat humble pie for yeah, a while, yeah, right, yeah. before you can really succeed. Yeah. In my later years in high school is when my entertainment career kind of started to blossom a little yeah. bit. So. Well, you started to get into pageantry. Exactly. Too, because you yes. – how old were you when you won your first competition, like Miss, even like Miss San Jose? You were well, relatively young, right? I mean. Yeah, the organization of pageants that I'm most involved in is the Miss USA system. That's mm -hmm. the one that goes to Miss Universe. Yeah. 
And I started competing in that circuit when I was 14. Okay, yeah. So early That's on. That's high school. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Early on, I knew I wanted to be Miss California Teen USA. And yeah. I ended up winning Miss California Teen USA when I was 17. Okay. I think on my fourth attempt at the title. Yeah. So exactly my senior year of high school, I was like, a normal kid one day and then I won Miss California Teen USA and I went back to school and I remember my teachers had all heard about it somehow <laughs> maybe they were like following googling it yeah, I don't yeah. know and I came back and they were like oh my gosh you know you won and it was this huge big deal and then yeah. I was out for a lot of the year right. doing appearances and events so yeah. the other kids were like what happened to Athena where the heck did she go yeah I was just out and about and it was a little bit of a sacrifice to miss out on some of those high school memories, yeah. but it was worth it because it, it was something that helped, I think, my career trajectory. Yeah, yeah, totally. So first, I mean, you have, so go through this. First, you have to win the city, and then you win the state, and then you win the nation, and then you win the world, right? And then you win the universe. The universe, <laughs> yeah. It's not even just the Earth. Sorry, it's the universe. Else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mars and Saturn and everybody. Wow, yep. yeah, yeah. You just can't compare. So then, um, so you were Miss San Jose, Mm -hmm. Right, you, Miss San, yes. Miss Teen San Jose. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what's the what's the the process of getting involved in that? And then while you were doing that, like, did people know in the high school that you were kind of doing that? Or was it kind of like this double life? And do you have to travel? Well, if it's Miss San Jose, you don't travel too much, right? Or what's well, kind of like the, the travel schedule? The potential is there for yeah. travel. So I got into pageants actually sort of through my heritage. As I talked about a little bit earlier, I am half Venezuelan. My mm -hmm. mom immigrated to Venezuela in 1988 or from Venezuela to the US. And if you know anything about pageants, there are some places in the world where they they're are big. big. Yeah. They're big, it's a huge deal. <laughs> yeah. Venezuela is one of those places. Okay. The woman who wins Miss Venezuela is like more important than the president. She <laughs> is everything. And growing up, I used to watch pageants on TV with my mom yeah. and it's something we would do together to celebrate my heritage and our culture. Yeah. Eventually I realized I want to do that. I want yeah. to be up there. I really admired those women and looked up to them. In places like that, too, it's a way that a lot of women escape poverty. They mm. use their beauty to their advantage, and that's yeah. an asset that they have to help their families bring bring money home. Yeah. So to me, I loved everything about it, and yeah. I knew that's when I wanted to do pageants. Um, so I did, yeah, start doing it at such a young age. Yeah. But I really am happy with the whole journey, and I think it's brought me a lot of friendships and life skills and yeah. connections. Yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite, I think, just journeys that I've been on. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then I know this, you in some of the pageants you've won Miss Congeniality, and even yes. talking to you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, you, I just see like the friendliness and oh, the positive attitude. Nice. So is that <laughs> is that kind of you, always how you've been, and you've kind of. Uh, you know, like, I mean, people have yeah. recognized that you win the award. Right? It's such an honor to win something like Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Because it is voted on by the other girls. Oh, okay. And So you're not cutthroat behind the stage and trying to trip up the girls and no. spiking their coffee or anything like that? No. First of all, I've never heard of that. Oh, really? That's creative, though. <laughs> um, actually, the opposite. I have noticed that over the years, I tend to include people so much that I almost recruit my own competition too. <laughs> yeah. So I've had friends over the years that I've tried to get to do pageants with me. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I have an acting and modeling opportunity. It would be great for you. Yeah. You should do this. Lots of people ask me how to break into hosting. I'm always sending them all the resources yeah. that I have. Yeah. 
So I'm all about including and uplifting other people. I think that's what has helped me get noticed for awards like Miss Congeniality is people see that. My heart is in the right place for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, and like you were saying earlier too, it's like there's different parts and different kind of roles for different people. And if you understand that, then you don't have to be threatened necessarily by the competition or something, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. So then what is it like? Yeah, what is it like backstage with, I mean, it's very, I mean, it's, I imagine it's pretty emotional. People want to win. Oh, for sure. But then if you're, you know, come in, you know, 10th place or something like that, (laughs) or you get cut on the first try, I mean, that's, I mean, that's hard. It is. How are the, what is it? So the backstage, are there some cut? girls or I'm sure you, you're too miscongeniality to even say but there must be people that <laughs> no, are pretty competitive absolutely I think being that it's a competition and there is that element of competition things can get high intensity yeah. things yeah. can get cutthroat yeah but at the end of the day it's a misconception about pageants that the women are catty or that they are hoping that the other person trips or falls I think I found most of my lifelong friendships through pageants yeah. because it's other women who are equally driven, yeah. who are ambitious, who have similar values and are very like-minded. Yeah. So although everybody wants to win, yeah. and of course, you know, you hope it's you and not the girl next yeah. to you, yeah. we all cheer for each other and it's okay to concede the race and let somebody else win and let somebody else shine because when yeah. you do that, when it is your turn, they will be rooting for you and yeah. cheering for you. So I found to have a really positive experience through pageants so far. That being said, I am still competing to this day. So maybe, you know, there's going to be some crazy drama that happens. <laughs> right. I'll have to come back yeah. and like, tell watch you guys your, about Watch it. your coffee now because people are going to Right? I'm yeah. going to be like, that's where they got that from. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. content interview. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it makes sense because I think even sports are that way too. There's like there's a professional camaraderie, right? People are, mm-hmm. have the same kind of journey, same kind of goals, and stuff like that. So, yes, you want to take them down in in right. far as the competition, but at the same time, at the end of the day, you're hanging out with those people and become friends. Yeah, that's and cool. it is a lot of fun too. It's fun to put yourself in an environment that's so high energy and high stress and your adrenaline is rushing and you know you're running around backstage like even if you don't win yeah you already won a lot from just putting yourself in that environment yeah i meet so many women who tell me i wish i did a pageant i always wanted to but Mm. i was too scared yeah all the time i get that comment and i go you should have done it you know you should you should do it so even if you lose for so many women, it's a bucket list thing, too. Yeah. You can just check that off yeah. and say, I did it. I put myself out there. Yeah. And that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. So let's go way back. Uh-oh. Like way <laughs> back. I did some research, dug up some oh, no. skeletons. No, I didn't. But, <laughs> but I do see that you worked at uh, Plato's Closet, which is a secondhand yes. store over by Oak Ridge, <laughs> cool. I think it's right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that experience. And and tell us what, how, what day is the best day to go into Plato's Closet closet to find the best to, deals to sell or buy <laughs> to buy yeah Ooh, let me kind of like go back into the, the, the time warp of my mind <laughs> actually my f- uh co-workers from plato's closet might see this so i'm going to send this to them <laughs> yeah. be like guys we're Remember? still here to this day yeah. Yeah. um that was a wonderful experience that was one of my first real jobs uh was being a, an assistant manager at plato's closet 
I loved it. I love thrift shopping. I'm definitely a bargain hunter. Yeah, yeah. So working at a store where I found the cutest clothes for the cheapest yeah. was a dream come true, especially yeah. when you're in high school. Totally, yeah. I still shop there to this day. I think I went and shopped there like last week. <laughs> um, but it was really good for me getting to lead a team of what at the time was a bunch of other young women like yeah. myself. Yeah. Was one of my first leadership opportunities. And I really credit, you know, the owners of his closet at that time for giving that opportunity to me and they still root for me they're yeah. still my friends on facebook and they're always cheering me on for everything that i see yeah so i've been very lucky to have that support from them as well it was a great first job yeah i miss yeah. it yeah those are the easy days right yeah compared to, so then yeah is there uh are you still kind of thrift store shop nowadays and what's Absolutely. your what's your go-to because you're living now in southern california because you know mm -hmm. because of your career Entertainment and stuff like. industry, yeah. yeah is there a spot down there that you go to that you know you'd want to you know not as of yet i yeah. think i'm still riding for plato's closet san jose that's still <laughs> like my right. number one good answer Hey, I'm still promoting them. But yes, I love bargain hunting and thrift shopping. Uh, actually, I kind of accredit my upbringing here to that because I meet a lot of people in the entertainment industry who come from other places or they're very used to the glitz and glam of yeah. L.A. Yeah. And I don't feel that way at all. I love wearing clothes off the rack, doing things on a budget. Yeah. I'm always a self-starter, self-sufficient. And I think being from San Jose and from Northern California really instilled those humble values in me because yeah. we don't have that allure here. You yeah. know, it's yeah. just a, it's just a bunch of hardworking people who go to their nine to five and put food on the table for their families. Yeah. So I really appreciate having th sort of that grounding coming from here. I don't get swept up in all that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Now, do you speak Spanish too, or did you? I do. Oh, yes, okay. yeah, yes. My yeah. mom is from Venezuela, like yeah. I've said, and I do speak Spanish fluently. That being said, I'm a little careful though because Spanish speakers will challenge you. Oh, sure. They're yeah. very, uh, they're very proud, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you speak Spanish? Okay." And then they say the hardest sentence you've You're ever like, heard <laughs> in Spanish. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't understand that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you but, think I could you do even like? Uh, a dual interview do you think could you interview somebody in Spanish and then like do your own translating or something like that I'm just kind of curious I think it would depend on the context of yeah. the interview and what we're speaking about yeah another thing too is growing up in California obviously when I speak Spanish I have an American accent sure yeah so people can quickly tell that yeah. Spanish is a native language to me but not my first yeah so that's one thing that I am a little bit shy about. Sure. But it's actually one of my goals this year is to work on my Spanish and be more um, confident in it. Yeah. So I was actually just talking to my mom about that last night. And I was like, I need to perfect my Spanish so that I can utilize it more. Yeah. So it's one of my goals. Yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting because when you grow up, you know, just with people like my family too, speaking Spanish, it, like my Spanish is really jumbled and it's half English, half, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's, yeah, I understand. Need some that. work. Well, yeah. yeah, it's hard when you don't have uh, too many people to practice with. Yeah. The person that I spoke primarily to was my abuelita, my mm -hmm. grandma, who yeah. unfortunately passed a couple of years ago. And after her passing, I don't have somebody who I need to speak Spanish to. So it's yeah. like, why? 
yeah. do it if you don't need to. Yeah. But it is a goal, so I'm going to work on it. And uh, this time next year, I'm going to say we're doing okay. this interview in Spanish. We're going to do it so in you're Spanish. you're going to work on your yeah. Spanish, and I'm going to work <laughs> on my Spanish. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm not committing to that goal. <laughs> it's a good goal for you. Okay. I'll have somebody go sit in here. So my kids actually went to Spanish immersion, so they're flu completely fluent, which makes me super Amazing. excited. My, my abuelita was super excited about it yes. and all that kind of stuff. So they're they're fluent and um, that's a good so maybe I'll have right I'll have them interview you. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> in Spanish. We're going to take over for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. So then let's uh, talk about Cinequest. So um, you're a spokesperson for Cinequest. Um, what is happening this next, this coming August, right? It's coming up in August, yeah. Yes. And what are you kind of, what have you been kind of been able thinking to about. see and thinking yes. about and what's coming up? Well, this is a super exciting iteration of Cinequest because it's only our second time hosting the festival in summer. Mm -hmm. Before the pandemic, it was hosted at the beginning of the year. And after when the founders of Cinequest decided they wanted to revive it, they wanted people to have fun. Yeah. So Kathleen and Hofton were like, let's hold it in the summertime. Yeah. So this is the second year that it will be in August, which is really fun. It's, of course, held here in downtown San Jose at the California Theater where the weather is perfect. People can walk up and down the street and yeah. get hot dogs or grab a drink at the bar with their friends and then slip into a screening of a really cool new movie. Yeah. So I love that it's in the summertime. Yeah, so they're, gonna, they're also going to have in San Jose, but then the second half of it's going to be in... In Mountain View. Mountain View, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's actually something else happening this year that is really exciting is we're doing a dual um, premiere. So half of the festival is going to take place in San Jose at the California Theater. And then the second week of the festival shifts to the Icon Theater in Mountain View, which yeah. is really exciting because we want to pull in more audiences, people who don't just live in San Jose, yeah. but all throughout the Bay Area so that they can come and check out uh, the screenings of those movies, hopefully a little bit closer to them. Yeah, that's cool. And what's, what's your role? What's some of the responsibilities that you have um, as being the spokesperson for CineQuest? What are you, you going to be doing? Well, for anyone who's not too familiar with CineQuest, there are two main bosses that I like to call them yeah. anyway. Hofton, who is one of the co-founders of CineQuest, and Kathleen, who's another co-founder. And they are, it, it's such a grassroots organization that they are so involved and they make sure every little detail is perfect that they don't always have the time to lend mm -hmm. to do interviews or yeah. media appearances. Yeah. So that's when they sort of recruited me and yeah. they said, hey, Athena, you've been involved with CineQuest since you were a teenager. Why don't you go and talk about what the festival means to you and why yeah. it's so important to the community here? Yeah. So they dubbed me the spokesperson of CineQuest and I get to go around to all the different local outlets here and talk about the festival. And one of my main goals is to spread the word because yeah. there are so many people who've lived here their whole lives who haven't heard of CineQuest. Yeah, surprising. And it's such an important, I think, organization and pillar in the yeah. Bay Area. We need to spread the word more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then mainly you'll do uh, interviews, but you do red carpet interviews as well, right, on the opening nights and stuff like that, right? Yes, Some I do. So yeah. aside from just talking about what the festival entails, I also help interview some of the artists, whether those are the presenting artists who made the film, the actors and other um, artists who were in the film. Yeah. I also have had the chance to interview some really cool celebrities who have been Maverick Spirit Award winners. Last yeah. year we had Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, yeah. I was interviewing him on the red carpet. Yeah. So they have given me some really, really cool opportunities. And I also get to talk 
from my experience, of course, of being involved with the festival yeah. as a kid to now. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, for you, what would you say if you were to, let's say you were old like me, you get into your life oh. <laughs> and you're to look back, what would be for you, what would be success for you? What would you see as you had a successful for Athena? It's like this would be successful life that I've had. Oh, that's a tough one. I used to have a mentor whose motto was that success happens when opportunity and preparation meet each other. Okay. So basically, yeah. you do your part to be prepared. Mm -hmm. That's your 50%. Somebody else has to give you the opportunity. Yeah. And then that's when success happens. So yeah. all I'm concerned with is making myself ready and getting myself prepared yeah, yeah. to gladly receive the opportunity. And that's by constantly working on myself, trying to improve my skills, perfect my crafts, yeah. and then just hope that somebody will see that potential in you. Yeah. That's definitely something that CineQuest has been for me, is it's been an opportunity that has married my preparation to create success for me. Yeah. And I get to do cool things like this, where I get to sit down and talk to people and be really forward-facing in the community. Yeah. So that would be success, as long as I, I think, do my part put myself out there, yeah. I think the opportunities will come. Yeah, that's cool. Then what um, what skills are you kind of like working on right now to have yourself prepare? What's some of the things that you're like working on? Well, one thing I have really pivoted more towards is entertainment journalism, mm -hmm. being a TV personality and hosting different outlets, whether that's live and in person, whether yeah. that's recorded, whether that's on television. And being a red carpet host, interviewing celebrities, yeah. that's definitely my career trajectory right now. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. also do acting and modeling on the side as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so fun. I think yeah. everybody who's in this industry acts and models a little bit. Sure, yeah. We're all so creative. Yeah. But really, yeah, being in, in sort of that journalist role mm -hmm. where I get to showcase the achievements and the accomplishments of other people too. Yeah. So that it's a little bit about me, but it's not all about me. So yeah. I can also highlight those other people. Yeah. So that's so, yeah. So of the three of like modeling, acting, and then on-air journalism, on-air journalism is kind of like the area that you want to most move in or that's where you – so. That's kind of like what you see yourself as doing for the most part. Yes, I would say so. And that yeah. stems from I think a really deeply personal place because – Growing up, my family struggled a lot, given that my little brother, Adrian, is autistic. Mm. He has a disability, and that was that created a lot of challenges for my family growing mm. up. And it's actually a really sad story, but when my little brother was 13, he wrote his name on the sidewalk at school, and being that he has autism, he didn't really know mm. that that would mean anything. Yeah. But the school saw it as vandalism, oh. and they arrested him at 13. Oh, wow. So at such a young age, he had a criminal record and mm. it completely floored my family. We had no idea what was going on and really affected him even to this day. Yeah. So we struggled with that for a while, trying to go through the court system, getting his record expunged, trying to start over. Yeah. It wasn't until actually NBC Bay Area found out about my little brother's story. Oh, okay. They created a story and a narrative out of it right. about the amount of kids with disabilities who are disproportionately arrested at school. Right. And the story went literally nationwide. Yeah. All of a sudden, my family and my little brother were on TV. Mm -hmm. I think it was on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Like, we were all just like, oh my gosh, yeah. this, is, this yeah. is taking over. 
through that story, so much change has happened. Mm. So many kids' lives have been changed because of that. And I think that's what really inspired me to focus on journalism was like, I can tell other people's stories now too. Yeah. And hopefully make a positive impact on the things that matter to me. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's that's great. So then because of that experience, you've kind of seen how that um, on-air journalism affects change in the world and can help people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it cool. marries my passions. I get to be creative in the acting and modeling world. And I've always really loved journalism. So being an entertainment journalist yeah. is the perfect combination of both of those yeah. things. Yeah, that's so cool. So I love it. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. What's some other things that you have come? So Cinequest, of course, cool. We love them. You're going to be doing that. What's some other <laughs> stuff that you have? Because that'll go on a couple weeks in August. What's some other stuff that you have coming up that you're working on? Always have things in the works. One thing that I started this year was my own podcast similar to this. It's called Heartstrings, mm-hmm. where I take my time to interview people and give them a little free press junket. So I mainly focus on other young women, a lot of other women who've done pageants I've interviewed as well. Uh, But it's something that's actually really, really new, just started within the last couple of months. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's at Heartstring Stories on Instagram. And my goal is to use my journalism skills when I'm not working and Mm -hmm. when I have a little bit of downtime to hopefully talk to people and have them tell their story and put together a little press package for them. Yeah. So that's a goal of mine that I'm working on this year. But as of right now, the last couple of days, all I've been thinking about is Cinequest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Cinequest, Cinequest, Cinequest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'd cool. say that's another goal of mine to help the festival succeed this year. Yeah, that's cool. So then let's um, let's do this for the kind of like our last question. If you were interviewing you right now for a podcast what question would you ask yourself that you think needs to be what? told of your story <laughs> i don't know Turn i've never it. got that one before <laughs> let me think um i would want to use this opportunity to tell other young women like me that you can do it all and you don't have to settle for being put in a box hmm. the way other people want you to be. Yeah. So I think one thing that I find people are confused of is when I tell them that I do acting and modeling hmm. and I do entertainment journalism hmm. and I'd like to start my own podcast and be a spokesperson for Cinequest. Yeah. They're like, uh, you don't need to do all of that. Why don't you just pick one? And I want to inspire other young women, especially who want to be women in media, yeah. that you can be multifaceted and you don't simply have to choose. So I think that would be one question I would ask myself is, you know, if you had any advice for other people mm-hmm. who want to be in your position, what would you tell them? And I would tell them that you absolutely don't have to choose. You can be beautiful or glamorous or sexy or a model or whatever, and also be intelligent and yeah. taken seriously and have important things to say and give back to the community. Yeah. So that would be one thing I really want to ring home. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think people understand. Like, you know, we always talk about or we're being more aware of different types of stereotypes and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, you're from an immigrant family, right? So yes. And you're Latina, yes. right? And then you're beautiful. And even though, oh. even even that is a stereotype, <laughs> right, that people put you in a box. So each one of those things can put you in a box. Have you – what's some of the – glass ceiling barriers that you've kind of like had to deal with with those kind of things yeah well i think one thing that really 
made me nervous when I knew I was going to be in the entertainment industry was being a young woman. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stories out there about how young women can be preyed upon or taken advantage of, especially when it comes to older people in power. And I've had to be very weary of that, Mm -hmm. you know, not ever take any opportunities that sound like, you know, they're too good to be true, but also kind of forge a path for myself, especially with opposition. People saying, you know, you're a young woman. LA is a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. Are you sure you want to be doing that? You know, there's lots of people who would be looking to take advantage of your, of your niceness and your innocence. So there's a lot of naysayers that, Mm -hmm. that don't really want young women, especially Latinas or other women of color to, to be successful. But thankfully, I think that's changing. Mm -hmm. And I think people today are more understanding and accepting than ever before that women or people who are minorities or anybody else who maybe wouldn't have succeeded in the past can succeed today. So thankfully, society has changed in a a really positive way that's allowed someone like me to succeed. So I'm happy for that. And I hope to keep kind of like blazing that trail for other women. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Okay, well, I think that's it for today. I really okay. appreciate you coming out and telling us about Cinequest and your life and yes, all that so kind of much. stuff. I'm so, so honored to be here. Well, thank you. Yeah, you appreciate it. So uh, how can people let people know th- uh, how they can follow you? Uh, you have your website and Instagram and all those kind of things. So why don't you? I do. Well, I feel like you've done so much research. You could tell them that. Well. <laughs> You're like, it is. I didn't even um. look at my notes. Go ahead. Yeah. So I do have a website. It's athenacrosby.com. Athena with two N's, That's everybody. Right. Yeah. A-T-H-E-N-N-A. Don't ask me why. That's just the way it is. Athenacrosby.com. And also at Instagram, uh, on Instagram, at Athena Crosby. Again, check out my podcast that I've started at Heartstring Stories. So I would love to follow along with anybody else who is in the entertainment industry and in the creative community here in the Bay Area. So I'd love to connect if they want to connect with me. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> and then, of course, they'll see you at Cinequest and on the red carpet and on the screen. and Yes, all that I can't emphasize that enough. Cinequest yeah. Film Festival starts August 15th, goes through the 30th. Yeah. They're having a dual premiere in San Jose on the 15th and then in Mountain View on August 24th. So for anyone who hasn't heard of Cinequest, I highly encourage them to check it out at cinequest.org. They have the festival lineup on there. They have tickets. They have different tiered levels of passes if you want to be more or less involved. It absolutely is one of the best things to happen this year in the Bay Area, and you don't want to miss out. Yeah. So check out cinequest.org. <laughs> And hopefully I'll see you on the red carpet. Yeah, that's awesome. You do <laughs> such a great job. You remembered all those dates and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. That's what I'm Because that's to what do. you do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. See you guys at CineQuest. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the South Bay creatives. This episode's music is 408 by Jack Pavlina. Follow him on Spotify and also on his Instagram at Jack Pavlina Music.